I just think I wasted so much of my time like learning from school because okay, school teaches you the technical skill skill sets to be a wireless engineer, but it does not teach you the life skill set of how to get a job. So there are so many good wireless engineers having having no jobs. And what is what is wrong with the system, right? Like you should educate people on how to get a job because that's a life skill set, or how to transition from a job. And they just leave that thing open ended, and then you know people are just going to attend conferences and learn all that stuff. Like, come on! I get dedicated twenty two or twenty three years of my life onto something, and then you don't teach me life skills. It's the Andrew here, and this is the Pioneers Show. The show where we talk with innovators, makers, entrepreneurs, basically people who are trailing their own trails and creating their own lives so that we all can learn how to work on our own lives. After a couple of weeks of dealing with not so great health, we are totally back again with a new episode and something to tell you. If this is your first time, thank you for downloading and listening and I appreciate you taking the time to hear this episode. Subscribe and enjoy listening to the Pioneer News of today. And if you're a repeat listener, welcome back. This is episode 20 and I'm your host, Andre Dialbkerk. You can find me at It's the Andre on Twitter and on Instagram, as well as the show at Pioneers Show on Instagram as well. And this week's episode, we have Roshni Shalani. Who is Rosh? She is a Wi-Fi engineer at Qualcomm and boy, oh boy, the experience she has so far, it's incredible. Roshni talks about LinkedIn and how to take advantage of it for her own professional development. In this conversation, we go through how to provide value to a network and also how to take advantage of the law of attraction. This conversation was incredible, and I would love to thank Ariana Thacker for the chance to meet this incredible guest. Without talking a lot more, let's jump into the conversation with Roshni Shalani. Welcome to the Pioneers Show, Roshni. How are you? I'm doing good, Andre. How are you? <laughs> I'm feeling very, very excited about our conversation today. I have a lot of things that I want to go through with you, and I... From my research, you've done, you have a very interesting background. So with this in mind, I would like to thank Ariana for putting us in touch. Hello, yes, yes. Big shout out to Ariana. And with this, Roshni, I would like to know a little bit more about you. And I'm sure that our listeners are also interested. So care to give us a little presentation about yourself? Yes, definitely. So my name is Roshni Jalani. I'm a wireless engineer working at Qualcomm San Diego, California. And uh, uh, my other part-time, you know, in passion is basically to be a blogger on LinkedIn. So I blog a lot on LinkedIn as well. So um, like, that's what I do. That's what pretty much my introduction is. <laughs> okay, short and straight to the point. So yeah. with this, let's, in for a matter of perspective, let's maybe divide our our conversation first you said you're a wireless engineer yes let's assume that i don't know what that is and for let's assume correctly that i don't know what it is can you go a little bit deeper into that please yeah actually a lot of people have asked me like what a wireless engineer does and i i came up with a very thoughtful answer so for example there is a real estate right like for let's say for california the, mm -hmm. the real estate price in california is rising high and high right why mm -hmm. because there are more number of people but there is less land right Mm -hmm. Now, the same happens actually on, on the spectrum where, you know, the frequency spectrum as mm -hmm. well, which is like there is a certain amount of bandwidth that is allocated for, for users to use. Like, for example, the 2.4 gigahertz is unlicensed band and the 5 gigahertz. I'm not going to go too much technical, mm -hmm. but I want to just basically give a real big uh, picture of like, okay, so there is, um, even in terms of spectrum, we have really limited spectrum and then there are more number of users coming and using internet, right? And the world is getting more connected. So we have more traffic and we have to accommodate so many users into this one small spectrum and that is the reason it is getting 
much more costlier, right? So wireless engineers basically come up with effective use, solutions to effective utilization of that particular spectrum that we are using. And everybody who's a wireless engineer is trying to find our solutions around that or, you know, on that. So that's what a wireless engineer actually does. So even right now, the communication that we are having, uh, having it's a wireless communication. There is mm-hmm. a data that is going, you know, real time or back and forth without even microseconds of a delay, right? How, how much of a user experience would be destroyed like, if there is that sort of a delay, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what a wireless engineer really does. Like how the wireless communication, the, the, the uh, you know, transfer of data can happen with less l- lag, I would say. So Okay, but when when we talk about wireless engineering in the the, the the thing that you just explained, you talked about the, the, the different frequencies, you don't want to get too technical, I just want to understand. So you're working now at Qualcomm, correctly? Yes. One of the biggest companies nowadays. Qualcomm has been revolutionizing a lot in the, I know that in the cell phone area has been pretty yes. incredible. So, yes. but are you working for a way for the processors and chips inside the phones, for example, to better receive these frequencies? Or are you helping develop like a protocol with other companies so that there's a better frequency eventually in two years? What it, what kind of... So Qualcomm actually does a mix and match of both. But what I really, um, what my job over here is, for example, if you, if you have the phone, right, mm-hmm. it always has a modem and then it has a transceiver as well, right? It has to transmit and receive that particular frequency. And uh, for that, what, how do you basically ensure that the transceiver is functioning well? For example, right now you're having a conversation with me and then you're having a call as well on your phone. You'd be able to, there would be two different channels for that, right? And how is that able to even though it's one phone right but there are two different frequencies that are being used so how do you uh, bifurcate those two right so those like I don't know how how um, the best way to explain would be like if you're having a call with mm-hmm. someone and somebody else is also in the room having a call with someone right but your calls are not uh, cross-talking the the frequencies that are being used are different right mm-hmm. so to to give you like a different explanation about this like you might be thinking that a phone is just a phone but it has capabilities to support so many different frequencies and one frequency should not inter uh, interfere with the other frequency you see like when you're having a call mm-hmm. for someone you're having maybe you're sending like you're having a call and then you're whatsapping as well or you're sending data to someone else as well so those are two different activities that are happening and when you see actually the phone there are so many different things that are happening and as a wireless engineer or an RF engineer we need to basically make sure that one frequency does not interfere the other frequency the transmission in, uh, and the transmission in one frequency does not overpower the transmission in the other frequency so I don't know. Did you get it? Like, I get it, but that's, I'm going to be honest. I, that's part of one of the worlds that I always seem, always seem to think that it's magical. It's that there are a few things in the world today that for me, it just happens. But whenever Mm -hmm. I have kids and the kids start to ask, why does this happen? I will not be able to say besides like, there's a few things that come out of the phone, goes all Mm -hmm. the way through space and then bounces up to another place. But I have no idea how that happens. Yeah, yeah, I, it's interesting. For like, for example, if you're talking to if you're talking to someone, right? Mm-hmm. And if if you say something and the other person is saying something at the same time, then you would not have a communication, right? But if one person is saying and then the other person is saying at some different time, then then that's when there would be a give and take. A communication is happening, right? Mm-hmm. So those same principles are taken into wireless communication and put it into science. Like it's it's a lot of things from the nature that is taken into there, and then a lot of things from wireless communications, like that we 
like it's an inspi- inspiration from nature itself like what's happening in real time human communication so i mean this is this is scary i mean i was just thinking i just google search this we are in theory, you're in california right yeah we are 9000 kilometers apart basically yes. And we're, there, like you said, there's almost c- close to no lag between our conversations. And this is crazy. And yes. we're using Wi-Fi, probably we're using cable, but even so we're using the internet to talk with each other. And yes. I think that Wi-Fi engineers, RF engineers, people who work in the data area are are magicians. I don't know what else to say. Actually, that is the exact emotion that I had when I took my subject in, of wireless communication in my master's. And the story is also like, I just fumbled on that subject. I had a, I had to, to take a filler subject and I was into like signal processing and, you know, taking image processing and data processing subjects. But I just like, I had to take some filler subject and I just happened to take introduction to wireless communications. And when I went to my grad teacher, he's like, oh, this is going to be the most difficult subject that you're going to come across and you have to be very prepared. And I was like, shit, I took a subject and it's actually more difficult than the other two subjects that I have taken and I was like okay you know that means I have to work hard to like work really hard on this and for for um, for some reason I resonated a lot with that subject because you know there's a lot of similarity in that subject and to the law of attraction as well like you'll see I'll, I'll explain it to you later but the best part about this was like I felt the same emotion which is like hey this wireless engineers are magicians like isn't that wonderful that we are able to communicate with each other without like in real time without having a lag like that's really interesting right like how did they think of that like, and if and the thing is if I'm having a bad moment in my life that's what I think is like hey if a virus engineer can have that sort of a vision and if planes can fly if we can communicate with each other without having that microsecond of delay then everything is possible right like mm-hmm. you see it, it, this this would have not been imagined like maybe 50 years ago right and this all has happened in 30 years last 30 years so it's incredible like to, to see that this is happening. I, I think you nailed it. It's it's unbelievable. It's incredible. And you have that joke, uh, I don't know who made it, is just when someone was making a joke that right now you have people flying through the sky on big metal and aluminum behemoth of objects. We're talking about waves that we cannot see. Exactly, yes. And this is just, I think this is crazy. I, I have no other way of putting it. It's just crazy. But before, yeah. before we go on and talk about more things, I have one question in terms of Wi-Fi specifically. I don't know if you're aware. Have you ever heard of the lo-fi ID? I think it's called lo-fi, the Google ID that was give yeah. Wi-Fi through light. I think that was something around that area. Yes, yes, yes. Care to, uh, do you know anything about that? So these are like different things. So you have to understand like from the business perspective, if you understand why, do you know why this is happening? Like why, uh, why the, the industry is trying to get, go towards more connectivity? Like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Could you repeat that please? Yeah. So for example, I'm asking you like Google. Okay. Let's mm-hmm. say for example, it's a search engine, right? Why does it have, what does it have to do with connectivity? Why does it want to connect more people? I mean, they make money out of it. How? if everyone is online just by connecting them, make sure that they are searching for more things, either, for example, we're talking about this and eventually I will be interested in searching a lot about something you just said. And with that, they make money. Okay. And then why are they not using the solutions that are already available? What they're pretty mean? much really, there are pretty much really good solutions available, right? Like Wi-Fi is not that costly right now. Mm-hmm. So why are they still trying to, you know, come up with solutions like 
using lights on the pole, right? So mm-hmm. why do you think they are trying to do that? Oh, I have no idea. So yeah, like I mean, it's it's interesting that you brought this up. Like, um, if you see the the world is actually connected, but mm-hmm. there are like you know the way Facebook said, like there are two billion people connected on Facebook. There are still five billion people that are left, right? Mm-hmm. And these five billion people are mostly there. Most of the the public comes from village areas, which uh, you know suburban areas and not very uh, metropolitan areas, right? Mm-hmm. And in those suburban areas, the electricity is an issue. Right. So if electricity is just an issue over there, just just see the basic necessity is not being met. And then you're thinking of a luxury of a Wi-Fi. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do you get Wi-Fi over there using the basic standards, like really the basic things like using a light pole or maybe a balloon or something, you know, mm-hmm. something of that sort. So that is what these companies are trying to do. And the way you said it's it's very correct that the more connectivity they have, the more ads that they can run, the more, you know, op, uh, search engine optimization mm-hmm. would be possible for them. So obviously it brings that, them down to money. So Facebook also is actually doing a lot of stuff in connecting people, you know, they, their side project is actually to connect people so that they can actually run more ads. So, yeah, Facebook is under a lot of fire right now, specifically this week after the the account breach of 50 million yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. I think they should better be careful with our data. So you better be careful what you're putting out there. It's just not safe. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I'm going to be very, very honest. I, I was a, very, a heavy Facebook user for a lot of years through college, since before mm-hmm. college even. But after the Cambridge Analytica, thing even though i know that they didn't take that much data if at all from me i was just no 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 this this way 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 too much let me try and do see what i can do because this is just scary and for example facebook if i use it once a week it's too much instagram yeah. i used to use it a lot right now i only get content by the way yay for the for the video <laughs> i got uh, it <laughs> uh, i rarely use instagram even though i use whatsapp i only use for people who actually like to use it otherwise i'm always on telegram because I, i became very very conscious about data and my own data online i, I don't mm, i don't know yeah uh, actually you have to see also from a perspective of like the human psychology right like why are uh, youngsters going to more towards snapchat or like musically or you know there's so many other things uh, out there and instagram like why are youngsters going towards that because more and more uh, adults have started using facebook like yeah. if facebook is like for 50 the grandfathers. to 70, exactly the grandfathers and like 40 to 70 or 80 years of age and uh, whenever a youngster puts something out there on facebook it's going to be visible to their grandparents in which they don't want but if they put something out on snapchat it's it not going to be visible it will turn off the day after exactly before. yeah so so it's it's uh, like obviously that's the reason Facebook could foresee this thing and they bought Instagram and then Instagram was literally like has blown up. Right. So that's, I think that's the However, other thing. The, the Facebook is kind of in trouble right now because of Instagram as well. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of like, I think, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of uh, data uh, security that they need to take care of. Mm-hmm. But that's a huge problem. How do they, how do they uh, secure the data? Because there's so much of data. Do you see that? Like, mm-hmm. it's not only. Oh, I think that the main problem right now in today's age is not there. It's just, they have much of our data. There's just too much information. I think for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years, we didn't know that there was an America. For example, Portugal. That's where I'm from. Portugal 
mm-hmm. at one point was on a race with Spain to find India. And at one yeah. point they found Brazil. We didn't even know that there was a continent on that air, on that part of the Atlantic. Yes. So we go from not knowing anything to having all, or let's say 70% of the world's information in real time. I think that kind of screws up our brain. Yes, yes. And then, you know, right, like all this data needs a place to be safe. Like there is a hard disk. And so there are like big rooms where this data is actually stored. And I was like amazed because the data is increasing every second. Then how do you come up with a plan to, you know, like mm-hmm. secure that data? And then it's sometimes it's on the cloud. Sometimes it's basically, you know, uh, in but the even hard- the idea of a cloud, the cloud is still a server. It's just not exactly. Yes. Like I was, it's, it's, the world is like so wonderful, right? Like, mm-hmm. isn't it? You, you see, it's... <laughs> but it's scary at the same time. If we go again for the Facebook thing and the data, it's just scary that... The thing is, none of us is willing, and this I know for sure, almost none of us is it would be willing to pay to use Facebook because then it would not have 2 billion people. Yes, for and, sure, yeah. So there's a trade-off. We, we, we either have good connectivity to everybody or we have to pay for it and the problem is that right now i don't see a good solution i'm going to be honest almost every month i go and check for facebook alternatives as of now thing is they all all show either twitter which i like to use and i kind of like to use it more and more even though it's a human shit show sometimes (laughs) i don't see any good alternative where i can meet my people my my friends outside of a good phone call or message but even messages being on a different country for my friends it, yes. they has, it has to be online. So it, we all either use the, the same software or I'll yes. be under the hood of Facebook, unfortunately. Yes. And the thing is, um, I think Facebook can still charge. I'm not saying just Facebook. I'm saying any any of these apps, they can still charge like LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. It's premium membership costs you $30 a month, right? So, but the, the thing is the fruit on the other side is a job. A lucrative mm-hmm. job, right? So I think if the 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 fruit on the other end like is is big enough for the people, it's motivating enough for mm-hmm. the people to pay that that sort of subscription, then I think it's a um, it's it's possible. Like people will pay for that. But having said that, like if there is one other company that provides the same service in you know with the no cost, obviously people are going to go for that. Right? Think of, like, think of WhatsApp. WhatsApp gained versus Facebook Messenger because it just had a clean UI, even though in theory, in the beginning, they had, they. I don't know if you remember, but WhatsApp at one point was paid. Yes. So oh, is it? Was was paid. Oh. I think it was like $1. Oh, yes, yes. I remember it was, I was in India. So it was like 100, something like 100 rupees or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was fun to use because it's so user-friendly. And then, you know, you can talk to someone at any time. I I, I, I I liked WhatsApp. Now I use a lot of Telegram. Yes, I love yes. Telegram, and I also like Signal. It's the the it's the one that Edward Snowden uses. Did you know that? No, I don't know that. Signal. Uh, he's. The, I don't know if you remember when the Cambridge Analytica scandal broke out. Uh, the founder of WhatsApp that got off Facebook because he didn't think he, he said it's time hashtag delete Facebook, and then yeah. he put fifty million of his own dollars onto mm-hmm. Signal just to be sure that it was still open source and able for people to see that there's no way of getting inside those those things. Now, we got a little bit off track. So going back to yourself. So you decided to go through wireless engineering as like uh, something that you had to do, but it wasn't your primary focus. 
Yes, yes. But I want to take a step even backwards over that. Okay. Why electrical engineering? Uh, I was, I, I knew that you'll ask me this question <laughs> because I heard your other podcast and I was like, okay, so I, I know this is going to come along. Um, so it's a, the thing is for me, um, my entire family is very much into entrepreneurship. So I, I would say that I'm the black sheep of the family because going into, an, you know, working for an employer and all. Mm -hmm. So um, my dad is an entrepreneur. My mom is an entrepreneur. My brother is now taking his journey and my sister is an architect. So all of them like started with their entrepreneurship, right, journey and all that stuff. So when I was doing my bachelor's, like, like I was good in maths and science from the beginning itself. And I was like, hey, you know, if I'm good in maths and science, why not go for engineering? Because I'm like very, my mind really starts thinking in a very logical, on a very logical plane. Like if I have to, if, if something is given to me I really like dissected and I was like okay now this is the actionable steps that I can do and I, I saw myself like hey I'm I think I'm very logical so I should take maths and science so when I did my when I was doing my bachelor's my interest kind of like changed because my I was influenced heavily influenced by my family so I wanted to go towards entrepreneurship and do an MBA but coming from a conservative background uh, my parents were like started to give me hints of they want to get me married so at this age of like I'm 25 right now so if I go back to in if I was in India I should have had like three babies by now so which is which is all respect respectful for women who want to do that for me I did not want to do that so at the age of 19 when I was just like in my like I would say third second or third year of my bachelor's my parents were like hey you know you should get married and let's let's find a groom for you and then they were like trying to do a kind of a business deal um with with one of my father's friends like that's kind of my father is that kind of an entrepreneur like he will go off his way to get money wherever he sees money <laughs> he sees a good, good business deal he literally go out with it and I've seen him doing that like he can basically talk he's a more of a marketing and a sales guy so if he sees an opportunity that someone has like uh, like for example a husband comes right and then uh, uh, he'll talk to the husband and sees that his wife has a problem and then he sees that his wife is actually very rich you see then he knows that the money is there and he'll basically find a solution like to, to get that money in anyhow like finding a solution to the problem that this woman has and he's, his brain really thinks like that so uh, for me he wanted to you know he's like hey you know you should get married and this and that and I was like I was not ready and I was preparing for my MBA back in India and all that stuff and I could like a lot of things happen and then just to cut the, the big sto story small I was like hey like literally I was very close to getting engaged to someone and I was like hey this is not happening you know so I don't want to do I don't want to go there and then I woke up one morning with mm -hmm. um, with just a thought and a, a, a thought of conviction, I would say, that I'm not going to be in this country. Not just, not like, in, I, I hate India, I love India. I, I'm very much patriotic towards my country. But from a place of like, hey, there is something more that I can do with my life. And I'm going to go to America. And you won't believe in my entire life, I've never, ever had a thought of going to America. I did not know that America has 51 states. Like, it's it's like that bizarre. And I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to go to America. And I started like, blurting that out to and to my entire family and they were like mm -hmm. literally were in a what is emergency situation I was like hey how are we gonna like send you to America you know we don't have the funds and all and, and I told my dad I know that you have a lot of like money there is a lot of dowry system still in India so I was like hey I know that you know there is a lot of money that you have for my dowry and I'm gonna use that for my education and you know uh, sponsor my own marriage after that so and I literally like sat down with my 
my entire family of like mm-hmm. seven to eight people on the table and I made a presentation showing them hey this is the salary of a wireless engineer this is what I could do you know after once I get over there and then there were like so many so many propositions from that side like you know they were playing the devil's advocate like no don't do that don't you know what if you get married to someone else what if you know you don't like what if something happens to you you, you know we can we don't have access to you and like we cannot come there in 24 hours you know if mm-hmm. something happens to you so it's like you know so many people have gone there they are doing it and i i'll make sure that i have a good support system and all literally i had no one when i came to the us i knew no one nothing like nothing was at my available to me but i was just this one person at the age of 21 i was this one person like he's like i'm just going to go to america and i'm going to make this happen and uh, there were like a lot of obstacles like my family was passive aggressive about it mm-hmm. like my mom wanted to support me but my dad was still passive aggressive like you know how it was a very conservative family so you have to see he um, at that age other other uh, other friends of his mm-hmm. like you know have daughters that are getting married and then he has that prestige issue and all that stuff right but um, there was a lot of friction in getting the funds and all but then after that eventually like you know i made sure that i do this and i like broke all the challenges like faced them and then i came up over here and um, because i wanted to come here as soon as possible mm-hmm. uh, the only alternative for me was to continue with what i had done in my bachelor's because if i do something else it would take me one year one more year one or two more years to basically you know prepare for gmat or something like that but for gre because i was already preparing for my uh, you know for my mba stuff i knew what what is what is expected of a gre exam and i knew if i continue electrical engineering if i can just do it right away so that was the reason i got into it's like literally like not having a plan and then just you know fumbling upon that and then like letting the life take it the way it wants to and then life just surprised me by giving me wireless communication as a subject and i loved it so i i continued with it i th- i think that's a very interesting story rather different and before we go on to to the america part where from india are you may i ask oh yeah i'm from gujarat so going back to the to the thing so i think that your story is very different and very interesting because you all there, there's one thing that i really really connect with you here is that mm-hmm. i've been telling since i'm nine years old that i want to live in the us mm-hmm. and this is going to go for a different approach on our conversation i was not ready for this but i'll ask you imagine mm-hmm. that you're talking for example with me but with more people that want to live in the united states mm-hmm. they have their bachelor And mm-hmm. how can they live? Because I know that, for, at least for me, I want to live there, but I know that there's a lot of things going on to the visa. Uh, there's thirteen yeah. thousand different visas. So imagine that I want I want to honestly keep studying. Yeah. I, I've talked with my girlfriend about that a thousand times, but I don't mind if I don't go to if I go to the US and just work or go to the yeah. US and try something. So how do you? What would you tell to someone who wants to go live in the US, just like you did? I want to go there. Let's go. Boom. Done. Okay, so yeah, uh, firstly, you know, uh, I, that was like four years back, right? At the age mm-hmm. of 21, when I wanted to come to the US. But now after coming over to the US, I could see a scenario and I would I have different um, assumptions now. You mm-hmm. see, like when you tell me that, okay, what would you suggest to someone who wants to go to the US? So I am assuming this person thinks that US is this luxurious land, lavish land, like where everything is accessible to you and, you know, opportunities are there and all that stuff. I'm, But going, to be, think, I'm going to tell you my personal idea. So, so we're, we're we're in the exactly. same place. So, so for me, what I really think, like from from a very bigger perspective, uh, if I give you a high level diagram, the the market in the US is saturated. 
when it comes to beauty, when it comes to fitness, when it comes to tech, it's still growing, right? But there are other companies like China and then, you know, you see Hawaii and all that stuff, they're coming up. So um, what I want to tell you over here that US in a lot of terms is saturated. And the Eastern countries, like for the South Asian countries, specifically India, I'm t- talking about, um, it's trying to follow up the Western, you know, uh, culture, right? Like it's basically, you see the genes and all that stuff everywhere. Like there is, uh, like a lot of East is getting influenced by the West and the West does not know where it wants to go. Mm-hmm. You see, like, because you um, people over here, if you see like both the parents are working and then, you know, the there is like, a, there is like, what do you say? The assumption that U.S. is a very luxurious or a very opportunistic land, I've, I think it's not necessarily correct because um, because the opportunities are there so much in, in the entire world right now. You see, I, so I, 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 to- I totally agree. But for example, for me, I, I live in Europe. Uh, right now I'm living in Berlin. Berlin and yeah. I, I think that where you're in, in the U.S., Mm-hmm. Unless you're in the southern states or in the northwestern states, you can go yes. 5,000 kilometers in any direction and everybody will speak English. Yes. If I walk, if I go 300 kilometers in some countries here, I'll go through three or four different languages. And probably throughout those countries, the possibility of getting someone who speaks fluent English might be very low. So yes. for me... I either go to Brazil or Portugal. And since none of those markets are of interest to me, I want to go to an English-speaking country. That's my first idea. Yes, okay. Second of all, economically speaking, even though I know that there's a market crash coming, it has to be happening at one point. I know that America has a much stronger and bigger economy than Australia or even the UK. And third of all, it's my dream since I was nine years old and I saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I really want to go to New York and just live forever happy there in Manhattan or somewhere close by. Yeah, I think that is a lesson that I learned. Like a lot of us basically, you know, uh, feel like, oh, I'm not happy here and I want to go there and, and, you know, I want to climb that ladder. And I love that. And uh, the the worst mistake that one can do in their life is basically thinking that this is the ladder that I want to climb. And when you, once you climb that ladder and then you see the view and you're like, hey, I'm not happy here. You know, this is not Mm -hmm. what I assumed it to be, you see. So if it comes, boils down to having opportunities, internet is such a, such a big magic tool, right? Like mm-hmm. the way I said, wireless communication. We, You are at one end of the world, like in Berlin, and I'm here in California. And we're able to have that sort of a communication just by being on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. So, And then that's like you have access to the people who are speaking English, right? So, so for... I'm t- telling something which is very subjective to me, mm-hmm. you know, here. and uh, I'm more of, I'm more, uh, I value opportunities and making money more than valuing, um, valuing the people around me or, you know, valuing what, where I am, I would say. So, because if I go to Canada, if I go to basically Australia, if I go back to India as well and, you know, go into a metropolitan cities, I would have the same level of, uh, because I'm a, again, I'm very active on LinkedIn as well, right? So mm-hmm. I have access to those people, and I, if I want to fly out and meet those people, it's very possible. The whole is now there is so much of global integration that is happening, right? Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to move into the US, what I would tell them is like first, like the way you said, like you prioritize things, right? Like why is it important for you to be here in the US? Do you want to be accessible to the people, or do you want you do you think that you know you this is the opportunity that you want? Because if that if it is an opportunity, then there are other world markets in the world that can have that opportunity other places in the world like Dubai it's it's like such a big bloom that is happening right around the world so mm-hmm. 
I, I really don't think like, you know, thinking of like, oh, I want to be here in the US is like, oh, it's a it's a big deal. You see? I understand, but at least I'm talking from a personal perspective here. I think, yeah, honestly, I, I, I want to go to the United States because of those things that I just said, that the, the language is very important yeah. for me here in Germany, even though in Berlin specifically, a lot of people speak English, still not a, not a lot of people do. Um, yes. I think it's very important to live in a world or live in an area where everybody speaks the same language as me, even if it's not my mother tongue. I want to yeah. live in a world where not knowing the language might harm my ability of getting a job. Yes, yes. Berlin and Germany is a very strong economy here in, in Europe and I know in the world specifically, but if I go to the US, I know that there, at least for lack of language learning, I will never be opt opted out of a job. Yes, yes. Be it as an entrepreneur, but, but trying to sell to other companies or trying to find a job myself. I know that yes. over there specifically, I will never be looked differently because I don't know the language. Yes, yes. So yes. as a market opportunity, it's there. But then, it, I don't know, it, 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 I won't say it's luxurious. I've never had that, that idea yeah, of a luxurious it, thing. It's just yeah, as... The visa, the visa is also like a huge issue, right? It's not that easy. And then you're also capped on what you can do and what you could not do. You see, like for being me, beyond being an H-1B visa, I can work for a company, but I cannot start my own entrepreneurship, you know, uh, things that I want to. Yeah, that's actually how the H-1B visa really works. So I cannot have a second em like employer or something like an entrepreneurship project, you see? So that's like, you Never? see, then, then or until you no, get the green card. Until I get the green card, which takes like 15 years, then 15. I'm going to get old. Yeah, 15 years. For Indians, it takes like 15 years to get a green card over I thought here. it was seven for, for getting the, the citizenship. No, it's 15, 10 to 15 years. There are people who over here from last 10 years who haven't gotten a green card as of now. So that's like, that's a reason. So you are using, then that's, that's why, that's the reason I was telling. And, and the thing is the way I said, like my DNA is very entrepreneurial, right? So, and um, I just started, get started off on LinkedIn, like a few months ago and I started getting so much attraction and because I'm putting a lot of my entrepreneurship genes over there and then taking a lot of like other skills that I have over there and putting it out there. So uh, now if I, if I use, if I have that sort of a piece and if I work on that, then I can get, make so much more money than what I'm, what, you know, I'm obviously I'm making a lot of money as an engineer also over here. So, but the thing is, um, do I want to be into the, into the, this profession or do I want to go somewhere else? And, or do I want to leave the possibilities open-ended, you know, like, or do both, you see? So mm -hmm. it's, it's like when you want to be in the United States, you really have to see what your visa is and how much, uh, capabilities, like what, how much, uh, things that your visa allows, right. The, the creative freedom, does it give you that or not? So. Hmm. I need to go to the U S embassy and, and, and figure that out. because I really want to go there. But yeah. I want to be able to be free to open something on my own. Yeah, see, like there are so many restrictions right, right out over there. Then why would you not go to a country that provides you with uh, with tools? Like, you know, like, hey, you you speak English. You you know, you're from like, um, you know, this. you have this degree and this university. Then why don't you basically come and then, you know, avail our permanent residency and then do something good for our country? So there are like, I'm just trying to tell you, mm -hmm. like, you know, the world is now getting very... Uh, very opportunistic so we we don't have to think that you know only this particular place will give me those opportunities because if money is what you value if uh, if you if if you, you know if uh, exposure is what you value then there are other people in like really uh, third world countries right who are billionaires who are millionaires right but it's Or not the money that that i value the most to be honest yeah i'm just saying i'm just yeah, saying yeah, yeah, of course of course yeah, yeah. 
So interesting. And one of the things that you've mentioned a couple of times already is the LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a segue from moving to the US, doing the RF engineering. But first of all, I would like to point out something. I've uh, when Ariana talked about you, and we I talked with Ariana the first time she talked about you, and I saw that mm-hmm. you two are going to start producing content together. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I noticed is that you produce a lot of content on jobs, and not necessarily yeah. your job, but finding a job, how to be better prepared for a job, all the way from the profile picture, all the way down to going from one thousand applications to down to be to stand out. Yeah, and it's it's once again it's weird because you don't you're not how do I say it you uh, you don't strike me as a person who at least if you say it on paper you're not the yeah. type of person who would produce this kind of content because. Yeah you come from an engineering background. And if you, yeah. even if you put the Indian part over there, Indians yeah. are usually very conservative, even, even though you come from an entrepreneurial yeah, you know, I get it. Yeah, family. Yeah. Engineers yeah. usually don't produce networking content. Yes, yes. You already said that comes from your entrepreneurship blood, but can, care to explain how that idea came to fruition? Yeah, that is actually a very interesting question. And um, I'm going to basically put a lot of first times, which I've never put outside in, in on my, even on my LinkedIn. Like, yeah, exactly. It's a nice. lot of first time people don't know a lot of these things about me. So uh, one thing, obviously, is my family, because when I used to sit in the, in, on my, with my dinner on with my father, he always used to tell me like how he broke that deal, how he negotiated, you know, how he marketed himself and how he self-pitched or self-advocated. And mm-hmm. so all of those things, like, you know, obviously were like, about, is, is a part of my DNA. But apart from that, if you see my profile, um, uh, I came here to the US and I am very competitive. I did not get an internship in my after my two semesters. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to figure this thing out and I'm going to basically apply whatever I've learned, the soft skills as well as the technical skills and make this happen. So um, and uh, what happened with this was like after doing my two two semesters, the third semester, which was a summer semester and people were getting summer internships like at such big companies, Fortune 10 and all that stuff. And I was like what are they doing, you know, and what am I not doing? And uh, during this time, like summer, I, I could, like, I had the option of staying back here in the US for three months. And then, you know, um, being here and then like developing my technical skill sets or whatever, like whatnot. But I decided that these three months, like if US is not giving me the opportunity to do what I want to do, I, my country is always open for me. So I will go back to my country and ask for an opportunity to anyone and everyone, like for an internship, which is like a summer internship. And I would go because my country is always going to keep my open doors open for me, even if one country is shutting the doors off. So it was very aggressive. I, I've toned myself a little down right now but that time I was like extremely aggressive and I like I went to India and I contacted everyone in my network literally I had like 200 contacts on my phone and I I messaged like I brought you know the WhatsApp has a broadcast message mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. like you can just send messages to all those people so I broadcasted a message hey I'm Roshni and you know it's uh, happy to connect back to you but I'm looking for an internship here in in uh, you know uh, India and if somebody can help me if you know someone in this guy you know my this is my background and all I just gave that information and I got a lot of messages back from people and this is like the power of networking right like if you really like really just start asking for what you want people and then thinking for them also like for example not telling them to give me anything but being very specific that this is what I want could you help me with that and uh, like so many people reverted back to me I got a summer internship in India it was an unpaid internship it was exactly in like two hours away from my home so I had to move back to my you know uh, uncle's place which is again a very conservative background like I had to like literally 
being here in the US for one year, I had to come back at home there at nine, like, sorry, at 7 p.m. Like mm-hmm. I had to be back by 7 p.m. And if I'm not back, my my uh, cousin brother will literally like shout at me and all that stuff. So it was like a, a lot of like, uh, you know, things that I had to give. And uh, that is the time when I started exploring LinkedIn. Like I was in India, I was doing my summer internship and I started exploring LinkedIn and I, I started talking to people. I got myself mentored by people on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And then I got an internship here in Intel San Diego, you know, when I was actually there in, in India. You see the power? That's why I was trying to tell you like internet is such a powerful tool that you have access to anyone and everyone around the world. And once I got that uh, Intel internship, right, I was like extremely happy and I was like, okay, fine. And then I wanted second internship. So I, I, because of my networking skills, you know, again on LinkedIn, I got my second internship at Intel Phoenix. You see, and I had like three internships that I can take. And I was like, hey, I'm going to be very open and use these three weapons in a way that I understand what I really want from my life. I'm very experimental as well. Like I'll try different things. Like I'll wake up in the morning at 4 a.m. one day. I'll wake up in the morning at like 9 a.m. one day and see how I feel. You see, so it's Mm -hmm. so I experimented, you know, I wanted to use my internships as experiments, like, you know, what I really like. And one first internship was San Diego, Intel, Phoenix. And then I was like, hey, I want to work at Apple Cupertino. And then how can I make that happen? So I went to Apple actually the campus of Apple and I took a photograph outside the Apple campus and I was like hey I'm gonna work here you know one day and and uh, I told my friend take a photo and I'm gonna put it out there on like I think if you can see the background over there it's like my vision board I always have those things around me it's like okay I want I want this thing and it's go- this is gonna happen so I uh, I decided I want to do the, the Apple internship mm-hmm. and then uh, in the same year again I got an Apple internship Okay, and then I work at Apple and these big companies as like, hey, you know, I don't like this. I, I want to do something else. And I want a, a very work-life balanced culture. Apple was, Apple has a lot of like, like expectations. I was like, hey, I want some more, more of like a work-life balanced culture. Mm-hmm. So I went, uh, that's, that's how I created this job, which is Qualcomm, because it gives me the flexibility of time. Like right now, it's, it's going to be 10, right? I can go, to, I can tell Qualcomm that, you know, I'll be coming today at 11 and I can work till eight or nine, whatever it is. But there, it gives me that flexibility. It gives me that, uh, that kind of work-life balance and create like working, like letting me work on my creative outlet of LinkedIn. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so that is how I created this job. So coming back to your question, it's like, why are people like following me? You see, like why, why is someone like me as an engineer thinking of like networking and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because I created all these jobs like Intel, Ericsson, Apple, and now Qualcomm through my networking efforts. It's not through a single job application. Nobody like, like I don't believe in job applications. I believe in people. Like I really believe like if I can sit down with someone and then understand this person's career trajectory, the mistakes that particularly mistakes that this person has done and learn from it and then apply it, then I can be so much, so much better in my life. Right. That, so, that's very inspirational. Uh, thank you. <laughs> okay. I don't talk a lot, right? Like it's so fast. <laughs> can, can we go to a little bit more specific areas? So, because sure. I, I mean, if you look at your track record, it's enviable. Like you said, you're 25 and you've worked at Intel, Ericsson, Apple, and Qualcomm. Yes. What the hell? Well, I, I know. Mean- <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's interesting. And the thing is, I can I have like opportunities to go to other tech companies as well. But I, I I'm very focused on LinkedIn right now. I'm like, oh, this is my high priority. If I change anything across this variable, then you know this might change as well. So. 
like I get to talk to people like you because of you know having that flexibility. Oh, so thank you. <laughs> thank you. But okay, so but going back to this, so you're working at Intel after a very uh, very big push on trying to get an internship, and you get three offers for internships in California. That one in Arizona with Phoenix, right? Yeah. And then San Diego and another one, correct? I, I think yeah. I might. Have, okay. I worked, yeah, and I worked at all these places, so I've lived in all these places. So, so you, you so, sorry to interrupt. So basically, you were you got a job at Intel in Arizona. Yeah. First, I got a job in Intel San Diego. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I went back to school and then it was the spring semester 2016. Mm-hmm. And then in 2016 summer, I got another internship at Intel Phoenix. Okay. And then from there, I got another internship, which is Apple Cupertino. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff, but that's what I actually wanted to tell. Like, I really wanted to see different cities. I wanted to travel like, and not just travel, like just go there for two days and stay. I wanted to live in different cities, see the city breathing, waking up, sleeping and all that stuff. And then I also wanted to explore my technical, you know, skill sets. Like where, what do I like? Because wireless is a big thing, right? Like there could be testing, there could be designing, there could be, you know, product manage, like product development, like all of the, those things. And where do I where do I fit the most you see so I took my internship as an experience to explore things mm-hmm. and the the way I got to understand that I should do that is also by talking networking with people and they told me that you're very young so you should explore and like my graduate advisor he gave me an advice saying like Roshni you you know you're too young so you should just experiment without thinking what's going to happen You see, mm-hmm. and I like uh, kind of what Gary Vee says, right? Like your 20s are just for experimenting. Like just do whatever you want. It does not matter when you're 50. You're, you're going to basically like be thinking like, why did I not do that? Right. So kind of that was my motivation. It's like, I'm going to experiment. I'm not going to tie myself to something. So <laughs> but, but, going back, but, but going back to Apple, because I mean, Apple mm-hmm. is what the, the third biggest con- company in the world right now. Yeah. Second. Right. I don't yeah. know. I think it's either first, second, or third. It's one yeah, of those three. Yeah. It keeps on changing Amazon and Apple. Very competitive. I wonder why, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, almost as if I'm not talking with you on a MacBook Pro and I shopped my last book on Amazon. I, almost as if I'm not a user. So, but you're, were you interning at Intel at that time when you had the opportunity to move to Apple? Were you studying? How did I, that specific opportunity came to be? Because once again, Apple, it's a very luxurious brand. Yes, yes, And yes. it kind of prides itself of having the, the cream of the cream, the best of the best. Yes, it, it is, it is actually, yeah. So it, um, it really, how did that opportunity come to me? It's literally like I wanted to work there. So I started contacting anyone and everyone that I know in my network on in my network who knows it's it's like your third degree connections if they work mm-hmm. at Apple then I have someone in my first degree connections who knows the, knows them right that's why they are my third degree connections so I'll actually start asking people to to literally give me solicit introductions to mm-hmm. people who are there and working in the spe- exact specific field that I want to work for mm-hmm. and then I talk to them I get myself without even telling them I get myself mock interviewed it's like hey this is my resume what do you think the questions can be asked to me or this is a project that I have done in my school what do you think is the application of this you know and then for example if this is this is a project that i am doing what how are you using this kind of knowledge in your day-to-day life you see mm-hmm. like and whatever they tell me i just I was like right even right now you're talking to me and i'm writing right because that's like that's my go-to work like i always wh- wh- whenever i'm talking to someone i always write the key points and i come back to it and then that just ref- like keeps in, it in my mind so i spoke to like i would say 50 to 60 people from Apple 
even mm-hmm. before going to Apple. And then you you know it's the law of the, one of the alchemy laws as well, right? Like um, you are the average of five people around mm-hmm. you. Yeah. So if you can exactly, so if you can start speaking the vocabulary of that person, and if I'm talking to these five people, like these people from Apple, obviously my the the universe around me is gonna shift, and then you know monetary wise, financial wise, or you know even the environment wise, I'm gonna have that a lot of that influence in my life, and eventually I'm gonna go there, right? It's a law of attraction as well, again, right? Like mm-hmm. so. Um, I I literally created that by talking to people, by networking with them. And then people think that networking is just talking to them. No, but it's literally about learning, right? How much you're learning. And the more you learn, the more you earn. So kind of like, you know, I, I literally just uh, spoke to people. And when I once I got the internship, I even to, uh, spoke to the HR asking like, hey, how did you get to me? How did you get my resume? And then he, he was literally like, you know, you were effort by so many people that I had to just come back to you. Like, and I was like, oh, how the fuck? Like, you know, seriously. And then he's like, yeah, I was so pissed off because everybody is telling me, hey, did you get, did you see this girl, Roshni Chalani? Did you see this girl, Roshni? And everybody's like forwarding me on LinkedIn profile and all that stuff. And then eventually I was like, okay, let's see who this, who this, you know, macho woman is. <laughs> and he gave me the chance. And then I obviously, I, I, I was technically prepared, right? Because after talking to 50 people who are working over there, how would you not be technically prepared? Yeah, you, right? you know you know the words that they use, their, their worries, you know, everything. And exactly. I, assu- I I think you already said this, but I was I assume you are or talking with people in the area that you're going to work. So no, not only yeah. you knew yeah. what their day-to-day was, but you knew the lingo, you knew everything. So whenever someone even asked you something, I, I'll assume that you knew spot on exactly. what you wanted to say. Spot on, exactly. And also the expectations were very clear in my mind and I, I had imagined myself working there like I literally closed my eyes like how would it feel if I drive to Apple you know that's the reason I went to Apple before actually getting the internship at Apple right because I wanted to feel get those emotions pack that in a box and then always get access like open that box and feel like hey how would it feel like working at Apple how would it feel work, making the best products in the world or or something like that right like it's again the law of attraction over here that come like I, I'm a firm believer of visualization of like feeling things and then you know making it happen into your life right so um, kind of like Okay, for example, you want to be in the United States. Okay, and how would you feel when you're in the United States? How would I feel? Yes. Very thankful for the opportunity. Yes. Willing to do whatever it takes to stay there. Yes. And willing to give my succession in the world the best opportunity to stay there and thrive in what I believe it is not only the, one of the let's say not a, let's not say one of the top countries one of the top countries in the world with the mm. most interesting economical and political world mm-hmm. focused on freedom. Let's put it this way. Yes. Okay. So, but coming to the question, how would you feel? Like you started with, you'll feel happy. grateful. Happy, happy and grateful. Right? You'll feel very happy, right? Could you feel the same emotion right now? Could you imagine that you are staying in the United States and then you feel the same emotion? Like, um, like just imagine that you are right now, you know, not in Berlin and just sitting beside me. Okay? I, I, and I could cry. I'm not kidding. I could cry. Yes, exactly. But you could feel the same emotion of being so happy, right? Oh, like for sure. Being so grateful to be in this land, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Right. Staying there in Berlin, how wonderful is that, that you can still feel the same emotion. And that's actually one of the, the alchemy and the, the law of attraction laws, right? Like you can feel like anybody who wants to do something, they're doing it to, to feel a certain emotion, to feel happy, mm-hmm. right? 
and you could feel the same emotion just sitting there right here right and mm-hmm. once and your brain does not know the difference between this is a simulation or this is a reality so once you start simulating it as much as possible mm-hmm. the reality will unfold and i'm telling you i i have literally done whatever i've done in my life right now through these these simulations you know like how would i feel if i if i if i am there or how would i feel if i give a great public speaking engagement or how would i feel if i gave a great podcast you see mm-hmm. so <laughs> so i'm just telling like it boils down to that and then we have access to those feelings even sitting over here but we just forget that we have that door we open you uh, know for sure for sure and and and, and once again i i see that the us like i said it's 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 a child's dream it's something that for as much as i can try to ration rationalize it will always always beat my childhood's dream and i've yeah. told this to my girlfriend there's a big possibility that i can go to the us and hate it but yeah. as of now until i am able to set foot on us soil not in let's not consider an embassy us soil for this matter mm-hmm. i know that when i get there i'll be able to to say but i remember when i was 17 i once was i don't know what was happening but i was looking something in the google earth and i saw the city the city view and I almost cried i was almost mm-hmm. crying for the opportunity just to almost if i closed my 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 face and was not seeing the borders of the screen i could mm-hmm. see the street and ah mm-hmm. <sighs> okay going yeah. back we kind of go, kind of got a little bit off track here linkedin blogging yes so we we already turned touched on this but yeah just just wrapping it up just adding one more point to it which is like um i observed like uh, uh, i mean i didn't know what marketing is like two years still two years back when somebody literally told me do you know that you're such a good marketer like you're such a good seller or a negotiator and then i was like how do you say that and uh, you like because you created all these opportunities for yourself mm-hmm. by marketing you see or by selling or self pitching and that's when i was like hey that's my dad coming in over here like he's playing the part over here because he's such a good marketer he's good such a good seller if if somebody is coming to buy something from him one thing right he'll sell him four things and he has like he does it like all the time and literally like i was uh, this uh, january i was here and i was sitting with him and uh, a buyer came and then he literally explored this person's mind and then saw where there are loopholes and what he really wants and he's like hey i know someone who can get you this i don't have this but i can get you this and then he the next thing that he does is call the person who is a supplier of this thing and then gets the 20% from that person you know mm-hmm. to because soliciting that so that's like a huge you know um business uh, minded personality that he has right so that got me into that that made me feel hey you know i'm not just an engineer you know i i think i'm an engineer with great soft skills like marketing white right? selling mm-hmm. you know so that's when i was like and i always believed in this thing but i never like like i never thought of actually blogging on linkedin i just started by i literally just fumbled as like hey i'm going to make one post and see how it goes mm-hmm. then i'm going to make second post and then third post and then it started getting traction and once again i think that's very inspirational because like you said you, you never even thought you had that skill and one of yeah. the areas that i tend to focus here on the pioneer show it's not only a career choices which you've clearly defined that you have your vision board and i think it's incredible but at the same time you've been able to not only figure out that you have certain skills but i'm pretty sure that you feel like you're much better a much better marketer now than you were six months ago Exactly yeah yeah and the thing was if you see the real world right like i it's it sounds very it's a taboo topic to talk but Bring school it. does not 
<laughs> yeah exactly these are so many first times that i'm giving and i will never talk to someone in a social setting telling all these things but school is overrated school is just overrated school does not teach you anything about life it does not teach you about life disciplines what values that you should have how to get a mentor how to talk to people how it's to no- i've you know? i've had this conversation uh before i think that school the school system is built on top of the industrial revolution still fucked up it's fucked up it's made for employees Uh, it's it's, it's it, it, the thing is uh, if we consider the world as revolutions we ha- we had the industrial revolution and since then we haven't been able to transition to the technological revolution and as yeah. of now we are like you said we are being built and the thing is we're not being taught we are being built to be the 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 best median employee employee I, yeah. I i had a portuguese entrepreneur yeah. when i was living back in portugal and interviewed a guy and he said that we should instead of trying to cater onto our defeats and our shortcomings we should cater onto our strengths and school exactly. doesn't say oh you're awesome at math but worse in so- social sciences you should yes. be better in social sciences no 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 you should be better in math you should be perfect yes. you should be the ace yeah. you should be the best in the world at doing yeah. something Yes, exactly. So uh, true. I agree that there's absolutely a big value for school. For example, like I said, I wish to go study more. Thing is, I yeah. don't believe in the idea that school right now is built correctly. I've, I've talked yeah. with this with my girlfriend. There's a huge, I don't know whether it is in the US or any other country, but I think there's a huge lack in finance and finance education from the get-go people at least in Portugal finish the 12th degree without even knowing how to pay taxes. Yes, you see exactly school does not teach you and that is something that is so valuable in the real world. Because you can get all. you can get arrested for not paying taxes. Come on. Exactly. And then you 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 know your 401k is so important. Your money management is so like nobody teaches you how to make money. That's an important skill set. Like that's like I I literally once I realized this I was like I'm I'm like I'm so I just think I wasted so much of my time like learning from school because okay school teaches you the technical skills skill sets to be a wireless engineer but it does not teach you the life skill set of how to get a job so there are so many good wireless engineers having having no jobs and what is what is wrong with the system right like you should educate people on how to get a job because that's a life skill set or how to transition from a job and they just leave that thing open ended and then you know people are just going to attend conferences and learn all that stuff like Come on, I get dedicated 22 or 23 years of my life onto something and then you don't teach me life skills, right? Like I think that's that's a, like kind of what do you say, a very taboo topic people say like, "Oh, you should go, you should make education your priority." You know, I obviously education helps you to raise above your social economic backgrounds and all that stuff, but you have to have like, you know, it, there could be more holistic approach to mm-hmm. it. And there are so And, and you just see the CEOs of these tech companies, you know, Steve Jobs or like any other CEO. They are not educated. Like they're yeah. they're educated. Like they're literate. Depends, but they're not depends on the on the CEO. Like that's not what uh, makes what sets them, them apart. apart. No, that's definitely exactly. not what not what sets that's them apart. Exactly, that's not what st- sets them apart. There are other life valuable skill sets that you know they are they have worked on, and that's what is getting them together. And the way you said, like it's entrepreneurship. The, the world is like these schools are made for median salary like you know employees and all that stuff it's not actually not producing em- entrepreneurs right but yeah i totally agree with you i i i know that the school system it builds us to be average and it builds us not to thrive for more it build basically yeah. I, i think of school systems as of today i think of them as just a way to pass time of course there's a huge value to them first yeah, of all yeah. it teaches us the first social skills dealing with other kids Uh, 
but you have to see like under your take i think taking from a, just a very like i don't know it's my 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 of perception course. of what you're saying like a lot of people don't know how to be social like like you're saying okay they teaches you how to interact know, with other no, no, no. No, when i say teaches is it forces but, you to to behave even to on behave. a social setting but, but it also damages one's self esteem when one is not able to do that of course right Of because course. there are certain students that are able to do that like and then there are certain like 13 reasons why if you see that like it's uh, that the, it's a netflix documentary uh, you know is, is the tv series of the, yeah, yeah, the suicide of thing the, right yeah exactly so like obviously there are so many like you know so much of pressure also on students if they're, and they're going to school right and mm-hmm. uh, what what i'm trying to tell you over here is that it not necessarily caters to the life skill of course No, when I said social is just that think of this when you usually get into school you're 3 years old and mm-hmm. you never think about nothing because you don't even know what to think. When I say is that when you yeah. get out of school even though you don't know what you want to do with your life at 18 no one knows no matter whatever they say at 18 it's my belief that at least you grow up socialized badly socialized on the idea of being an employee but you're still a better person even though i think that education comes from home. when i say that education should be your top priority but doesn't mean that school gives you the best education yes that's so true okay so i've been loving this conversation so far i just like to ask you some a couple more questions if you don't mind yes sure 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 go ahead Um, imagine that we have someone just finished college and doesn't know what they want to do when they grow up and they want to get a job or want to be a better work on their personal development let's call it this way mm-hmm. what would you tell them to do i know that your blog is already incredible when i say blog is your posting on linkedin but what would you tell them to yeah. do number one thing is like start uh, talking to people you see even mm-hmm. if you're an introvert uh, you have great skills being an introvert you, you value people's boundaries right mm-hmm. so first number one thing is start talking to people because that helps so much so much to uh, build your confidence right so um, like first like have that sort of a clarity like this is what i want to do okay number mm-hmm. one thing this is exactly what i want to like okay you might not even have an exact picture but start talking to people and start talking um, to people on whom you believe and then having some set of values and principles for yourself mm-hmm. interesting and Yeah, like it's like number one is people. Number two is books. Start reading a lot of books. Number three is um, start taking care of yourself. Start, start like literally sympathizing with yourself and then understanding this is what I like. Like getting more self-aware. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. Um, and if somebody thinks that I'm good for this and then they want me to be like this, but I am, I know what I am. So that's what I'm going to do. So somebody who's really starting out, like for example, my sister, she's starting out from... um she's she's just getting her bachelor's done so if i had to give some advice to her and i can completely see that um is that uh, be true to your dna like see what you exactly like see what you are what your story is and how you can be to, true to your story and cater that what you have to give to the world and then make that as your living mhm You see, so instead of thinking like, "Hey, I'm going to be very happy if I become a wireless engineer," and then you know, like for for me, I thought I would be very happy if I go to Apple, right? Like the way you said, it's a big brand and all that stuff, right? But uh, I felt different over there, and then the reality hit me is like, "Hey, my happiness cannot be dependent on anything outside of me. It's actually like me who has to work on it." So, 
um i, I don't know it's there are so many ways this question can be answered right Mm-hmm. So, of course, of course. I, I actually have one question about Apple. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I I used to be a big, big Apple fanboy. Okay. Uh, ever since even I have had enough money to buy an iPhone, I I I went. I actually studied marketing because of Apple. I went into oh. marketing because of Apple because I found it very interesting that they can have such a devout set of believers and almost to a religious level, people that just love Apple to a degree and they don't care about anything else. And I just wanted yeah. to know how they could do it. But you are no longer there, so but I can ask you, what is your opinion on the current state of Apple? Because what I see is assuming that Apple, we see it not only on a software level because they have their own software, but as a product company, outside of the AirPods, which has been received with a, a little grain of salt, but outside of that, I don't see big praise on any new product for a while now, even though the iPhone X is such a big thing, even though that happened, mm. you had already enormous companies doing what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So to answer that, your question, you know, uh, number one thing is Apple is still the best in the market mm-hmm. or there is no one else providing better things that from, from Apple, mm-hmm. like better things than Apple, I would say. Right. There is no other company that is providing better phones than Apple, like but like even, you know, other Androids or Samsung and all that stuff. Nobody is actually to the level of Apple. Now, there is a huge way where there is like a passive aggression towards like, hey, Apple says claims to be this, this, this and all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. To give you one one sentence on what Apple is, nobody can beat Apple. The level of work, the level of work these people put in, the level of work, the passion that these employees have towards their work is unbeatable. The speed that they go through, the depth of knowledge that they have, these engineers, because I've worked with these people, right? Mm -hmm. They come uh, to the office at 9 a.m. and they leave by 10.30 p.m. And the next day they would be there by 8.30 a.m. because they want to still get this thing going. Mm -hmm. So there's so much like, um, it's it's literally like the way Steve Jobs says, right? Like, you have to have passion and you don't like when I, when I was working at Apple, I got a note from, from one of my um, um, managers or something. And he said like, you don't come here to, it was a generic note to everyone. And it's like at Apple, you don't come to, to just swim on the waters. You actually come to dive down deep and hit mm-hmm. the rock, rock, rock bottom. So nobody, you guys might be thinking like, Oh, Apple is this and this, but there, there is, I have worked in different tech companies no tech company works like Apple. And I, I totally agree, but let me just comment on something. You yeah. said that nobody can beat Apple. Allow me to disagree. And I think that that's what has been happening in the yeah. recent years. I think that the main enemy of Apple is Apple itself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And talking about products. I, I was talking about this with my girlfriend the other day. I saw, I loved, loved Steve Jobs' presentations. Loved it. Yes. Probably that I've seen the best public speaker ever. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I found, I find the new Apple keynotes boring, but boring as hell. I find them a vanity yes, tap so on my true. own back kind yes. of life. Yes. There's a, a simple thing that I always think about when I see the Apple keynote and I'm talking about uh, talking to this. Uh, it's the spirit of Steve Jobs, right? That is missing. For sure, you're gonna we're gonna miss the spirit. Like when you go to app, when you visit an Apple campus, you will feel the spirit of this guy, you know, mm-hmm. because there's so much of aggression, so much of passion around. But the but presentations and the products—that's that, 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 that what I'm that saying. Is missing. It's that missing. Is, that is, 
that is missing for he, sure. Uh, uh, the guy that does the um, the Apple Watch this year, he says every day or every year, this is the best Apple product we've put. It's supposed to be. You're launching a new product. It's supposed to be the best ever. You're not supposed to say every yes. year that it's the best ever. Yes. And ah. every every next time it's going to be the same. He's going to say the same thing, right? It's best Apple product. And everybody Apple. eats it up. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Listen, I love Apple. I think it... Pro- I have an Apple computer. I used to have an Apple iPhone. Exactly. Everybody is talking about that Apple is not good, but they are using the Apple products. And that I was love exactly it. I'm an Apple fanboy. My, my manager at Apple and he's like, yeah, people are going to tell about Apple, but what are they using? Ask them. Listen, <laughs> so I love it. I, I'm still an Apple fanboy. What I'm saying yeah. is that right now, and listen, even though by then I used to say, what the hell, what is this with the USB-C? And I agree with it. And I say, yeah. I have even this microphone, which is a USB 2.0 or something, yeah. I'm connecting it through a USB-C. It makes sense. Then, But trying yeah. to sell something as something that mm-hmm. it's not with the value. Uh, listen, computers, I highly doubt I will ever buy that anything else. Marketing is. That is what marketing is. The thing you, is... You, you, that is like, you have to understand like, One is that if, you know, like you have the best product, so you market it that way. Mm-hmm. Or other is like you literally play with the psychology of people and then make them feel that this is the best product in the market. And I then agree. You I yeah, agree, so but I just, found them, I just find it so boring nowadays. I just find that it's always the same thing and there is no innovation. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, best products in the market... You can argue on the phones, maybe. Uh, you can say that Samsung gives our great phones, Google Pixel, it's a great phone. You But can actually, argue that. But there's innovation, you know. I think you're being very, like your expectations are too high of the wireless, like the tech industry, maybe. But there is innovation, like AirPods. They're amazing, right? But, but like I told you, AirPods, outside of the AirPods, that was the first thing that I said, outside of the AirPods, there hasn't yes. been any single thing that it said, oh. The, the, yes. Think of this. There were already smartphones, The iPod yes. came and it was like, the iPhone rather. And it was like, yeah. this is real. Yes, yes. The, the MagSafe in the, the MacBook was like, oh my God, this is incredible. You yes. got the AirPods. Everybody was shitting on the AirPods. Oh, it looks like cotton tips. It looks like everything. But yes, <sighs> I think you're, you're right. Like the bar is not being stretched as far as it could be. But you have to still understand that they're working on user experience so well. Like if I took my AirPods and I'm like, if I'm with my AirPods and, um, and I go towards my car and I just remove my AirPods, my phone would be directly connected to the to the car. Oh, that's beautiful. That's right? I'm not like, talking about so software here. Software yeah, no, is not just, not just, but that that is a part of Apple. Of course, of Apple course. Apple is not about hardware. So you have to see the user experience is so well uh, mm-hmm. like thought of, right? Like mm-hmm. it's so intuitive also, like just up one tap and then you can receive the call and all that stuff that is happening. So like I, I still feel that there, obviously there is a huge scope for Apple to to go for, but they're doing great. Like, and they're, they're even if they're 10% higher than the other person in the market, they are definitely disrupting. You know? I, listen, I agree. I'm, I'm just, as an Apple fanboy, I just miss yeah. getting flabbergasted by something that Apple says. Right yeah. now, I just find it boring. Once again, I have a MacBook Pro. I love it. The The next time that I buy a computer will probably be a, an Apple computer. Yeah. If I get offered something else, I will accept it, of course, because I will never say no to a free thing. But oh. I will probably just use my own money on Apple products outside of the phones. Because right yeah. now, like I said, the value money right now, it's kind of when it goes yeah. over 1000 when you can buy a computer for the same price, it starts to get a little yeah. bit noisy. But even yeah. so, uh, Apple, I love Apple, yeah. but come on. 
they gotta they gotta step it up. I think in terms of presentation, I think that what could they do? What do you think they could do? First of all, bring back the one person presentation. Mm-hmm. Right now, think of this: Google mm-hmm. gives interesting presentations in mm-hmm. the Google I/O series, but when they go to the phone series, it's interesting because you get like an innovative product: the Google the Pixel Buds. But the, the, when you think in the U.S. in the tech scene, who was the the guy that everybody wanted to listen in last year on their keynote? It was not Apple. It was Elon Musk because he presented it alone. I think first of all they need to bring the the Or one person. Yeah, I, I think that they need the brand again, not exactly. Apple as a company, but they need the yes. the leader brand. Yes, that yes. was the first. That would be the first thing. Second yeah. thing. Take out people, the are not, people are not buying you're not buying Mac you're buying Steve Jobs exactly yeah. and the, the second thing would be take out the fluff I don't yeah. care. I don't care that the new Apple Watch has seventeen point seventeen thousand pressure points. I just want to the, the thing that Apple it was not think of the iPhone mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. internet touch phone all this mm-hmm. into one. You didn't care about the processor that was 17.6 PPIs gigahertz. Yeah. No, you just wanted yeah. to see a beautiful story told. Yes. You wanted to be, you were passionate about what was being told and not necessarily about the product. You weight the yeah. product up because Steve Jobs was selling it first of all, but even the iPad, yes. everything. I think they're well, missing a well, very specific. You know? Yeah, like there is a, do you know that Steve Jobs was like, they say he was half enlightened. Do you know that? What do you mean? Like he, uh, in, in one of his documentaries, it has been told that he was half like, an, like you know what an enlightened person is, right? No, no. Could you, could you say? Enlightened is, oh, enlightened is like someone who, uh, who, uh, like you say the monk, this monk is enlightened, right? Like mm-hmm. spiritually enlightened, which basically means like he has uh, gone above the worldly desires mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And then, you know, he, Like basically, like if he closes his eyes, he can shut off from the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like something like that. So um, it was, it was in, in one of his documentaries. You can see that on Netflix. It said that you know he was spiritually enlightened, half enlightened, and by that, what he means, he still had like whatever innovation that he brought was was from that world to this world because he had access to some other world. So and it's it's a well documented doc, like there's it's a documentary and. Uh, one book he he had one book in his uh, uh, with him always and that was this one which is like uh, the autobiography of, of a yogi uh, of a yogi yeah and i have that as well so like you have to see this person had some sort of like spiritually something going on as well right and he brought I mean, that after he got fired from apple it's well documented that he spent i think it was like 10 years living almost as a monk living as a hermit yes. trying learning how to meditate Yes, yes, yes. So it's it's incredible that you see. Like I'm, I'm. Uh, I know we just digressed onto a different topic, uh-huh, but completely. You, you, yeah, exactly. But you, um, how important is like these the other things like you know spirituality, and then how can that how how can that how much that can help in innovation, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is like interesting. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely interesting. And now that you mentioned books, I would like to jump in with you to the lightning round. Is that okay? Okay, yeah, sure, go ahead. So the lightning round is really, really simple. First of all, I will ask you one question and you'll you have less than one minute to answer. Okay. So tell me one to three books that, inv- that have impacted you the most. 
Uh, the number one book is uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm-hmm. So that is something by Stephen Covey. So that is like a really book, really big book for me. Mm-hmm. I started blogging after reading uh, Gary Vee's um, Crushing It. The, cr- the, the new one, Crushing It. New one, exactly. So I have all his books now. But a second book that I read, which is like, you know, Crushing It, it's like an anthem for anyone who wants to get started on their blogging journey or wants to basically, you know, put out more content fearlessly. Mm-hmm. So that is a book that has impacted a lot in my life. And um, you wanted a third book as well, right? Like three books. Yeah, one Actually, to three. It doesn't have to be three. One to, one to three, yeah. Um, yeah, the autobiography of a yogi would be the third one. It's very hard read. It's difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I saw the possibilities of like, they're talking about people who are like closing their eyes and then reaching at a place without like teleportation, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like blown away. That's those are the things like, those are the technologies that they have when you're spiritually aligned, right? That's a different world. So that is like this thing. And then um, recently I've been reading up uh, L. Ron Hubbard. I don't know if you know, he's a maker, like the inventor of Scientology. L. So, Ron? L. Ron Hubbard. Hubbard. Ah, the Scientology yeah. guy. Yeah, exactly. So his books are very sexist, but like it's, it's amazing to read and get that perception. And uh, he, he can open up so many uh, closed chambers of your heart. So hmm. that's a very interesting read, yeah. Tell me something you've changed your opinion in the last six months. Uh, about life, I would say, you know, you can go deeper. Yeah. So my perception of life has changed so much. Like I used to be very anxious. I used to complain a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I used to not take care of my health. Like every day I wake up at like five, five thirty AM and I go to the gym and then I go to my office and I come back and I go again. I work out again. Like I work out twice a day. Like I do cardio and then weight training as well. And then I come back and then I work on my LinkedIn blogging and then I cook for myself or something like I have a lot of things going on. And I used to like, that has changed a lot for me. I used to think workout is a luxury, but now it's like, I'm a human being. So that is like a necessity. Exactly. It's a non-negotiable part of my life. So today I woke up and I'm doing this podcast. So I'm going to go for my workout in the evening. You see, but that time slot is there, like has to there. So what, what perception I have changed for my life is like, um, life is fucked up (laughs) for everyone. Like, you know, you might be thinking that if I get this, I'll be happy. If I get that, I'll be happy. There is nothing, there is no perception like that. You know, you, you can be happy where you are and you thinking that if I get this, I'll be really happy is like a illusion. So that has something that has changed. And once that I got that, uh, I can mellow down and tone down everything, you know, in my life. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree. Okay. Do you have any life motto or quote that you like to live by? Um, there are so many. <laughs> okay. Do you have any yeah. life motto? Life motto? Mm-hmm. Um... I would say work hard. That's, that's my, um, like there was, I don't, I don't think so. There is one life motto. Okay. okay, No problem. If if I gave you six months to prepare to do a TEDx talk, however, Uh you could not talk about personal branding, LinkedIn or wireless engineering. Let's call it that. What would it Mm -hmm. be about? Law of attraction. The way I've been talking about that, Mm -hmm. right? So, because that covers, that's like a superset of all things that I've done in my life. So if I talk about that, it covers everything else in my, in my life. Yeah. 
One last question before I go on to the closing remarks. You already mm. mentioned working out, so it, this might be kind of a stretch, but tell me something you do outside of work that you feel like impacts your life the most. Oh, uh, the blogging? Uh, uh, writing? I'll assume that blogging, like you said, it's part of your life as a work. Uh, Let's take out the, the LinkedIn blogging. Uh, uh, so what do I do outside of my work that really fulfills me? That, that-, that impacts you the most it can be fulfilling it can be healthy it's something that you do on a daily basis or weekly reading. basis reading yeah reading i read a lot like um even on my bed right now there are two to three books always lying over there so um i cannot sleep if i don't read even one paragraph like i have to read one paragraph to sleep so that's reading is um it's literally like changing uh, the binoculars the the goggles that you're putting on your eyes right so the more you read the more clarity you have of the world and you have access to the world right so reading is that one thing um apart from that interviewing people like talking to people mm-hmm. like um I, i mean i've not told about this but in my blog i've actually started speaking to millionaires now wow so yes like tomorrow um today friday right tomorrow 2:30 pm to uh, 11:30 P, uh, AM, which is 2.30 PM in the EST time zone. I'm going to talk, be talking to someone who is like a CEO and is a millionaire. So, so t- taking, you know, like uh, getting advices from them, like is, uh, that is what my USP is like sending them messages and being, you know, being able to get a reply from them because I know exactly how to put those things up. And um, so recently I met someone who, who has even 1 million followers as well on Facebook. So, you know, so, and I just approached him as like, Hey, I'll get you the best breakfast in the city. And, you know, I know you, I know you like vegan because I went to his Instagram pages. I saw that he's following vegan food and I was like, I know you like vegan and I'm going to get the best vegan restaurant. And, you know, so I was able to meet this guy and then he, he agreed to mentor me, which is like, really cool literally getting mentored by someone who has like and he was all the time talking about millions like oh if you have a million like 5 crore rupees which is like you know 6 to 6 which is 1 million dollars and all that stuff he was literally talking giving me examples of that and i was like what the fuck because i'm not like used to that terminology of like but you see how my mind was like being uncomfortable so that one thing that really impacts my life of, apart from like obviously reading would be majorly uh, interviewing and talking to people and then um learning from them and putting that into action steps. So uh, one one question, these are these conversations going to be turned up into any kind of LinkedIn content? Oh yes, definitely. Yes. Um like a lot like whoever I meet, I post about them a little bit, but I also have to be very um genuine mm-hmm. on the other <laughs> side, right? Like for example, I have to I have to let the other party know that I'm not um I'm not putting I'm not using our relationship as a brag on mm-hmm. on internet right so I don't want to do that and a lot of things I want to keep it to myself as well you know uh, from a perspective of like um because people misuse it like the other day I got a message from someone saying like hey how can I force someone to reply me because I have been like I've been getting a lot of replies from whoever I send a message to and then he this person was like how can I force someone to reply me that's not even a good question right mm-hmm. so I don't want to put a lot of things out there but if somebody is wants to talk to me about someone and you know how to get access to someone and how to like learn about whoever I have been meeting I'm very open to have a intimate setting discussion rather than like you know an open discussion so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah very interesting uh, okay where can people find more about you and eventually read more about the stuff you're putting out uh LinkedIn 
like Roshni Chalani, just follow me over there. I've just crossed like 10,000 10, followers. <laughs> so that's like a big deal for me. So How I'm, many followers did you have when you started blogging? Obviously zero. <laughs> no, th- th- this was a, a charged question. Just to, to show people that you started blogging, what, six months ago, you said? Yes, six months ago. In six yes. months, you got to 10,000 followers. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And, um, it's incredible. Like just yesterday I was reflecting on the journey of how, where, what, what opportunities this has given me, you know, firstly, like, um, I had a very overwhelming day yesterday. I came back at, from office at 9 PM. So I was like literally in my tears because it's like, it was too much, like waking up at five 30 and then coming back and I have to still have LinkedIn goals. So I have to do that. Like, and I was literally in my tears and I told my friend, I was like, Hey, you know, this is not going anywhere and I'm so worried and all that stuff. And he made me reflect on my journey as like, Hey, you were complaining, you know, uh, six months ago that you know you don't have something going on in your life and now something is going on. So this journey has given, made me so much a be- of a better person. You see, it's not about the number of followers. It's not about, uh, you know, how much traction you're getting, but as uh, on a self evolution journey, you know, you're becoming so much of a better person, so much of a better leader, so much of a better uh, compassion, like you have compassion for other people, what they are going through. And then you start thinking of how I can put more content out in a way that people, you know, would Mm -hmm. really like. So it's a very interesting journey and I'm, I'm going to up my game even more. So (laughs) can't wait to read that. And I hope, really hope that everyone can can be here to follow. I surely will be here to follow you, and to keep reading about more about your adventures. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. No, no thank you. Uh, just uh, so, Roshni, once again, thank you so much for being here on the Pioneer Show. It was really, really great pleasure, and I hope that everybody that listened to us really i feel that you've been so inspiring that i'm not kidding i'm really considering starting to write more on linkedin i usually just write when i publish an interview but i'm considering writing a little bit more because i know that even though i don't have all the answers i know that i'm in the same position as a lot of people so if some people can follow my journey as well i feel like i can impact more lives yes and the thing is it's not just about like um you know impacting people's life there is someone who's going to learn from your journey andre Mm -hmm. like like firstly, thank you for having me here. Mm-hmm. But I want to basically tell you that, you know, once you start posting and putting your heart out there, you're go- your, your vibe is going to attract your tribe. And that is going to basically, you know, be like an amplifier in what, like in your podcast as well, because you're going to reach out to more people. Mm-hmm. You're going to reach out to more opportunities. You're going to more in- meet more interesting people. Right. So like, so I'm just trying to tell you like, um, Post, it's not posting just to just impact other people's life, but it, it's also really good for your business. I, 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 I'm, I'm definitely yeah. going to start doing that more. Exactly. I, so, I, so, I, I tried doing that a couple of months ago. I had a couple of days, but then I missed one day and then I just got off. But, but you, uh, then maybe you have to understand what are you good at? Like, for example, it, it says in the crushing it as well. Um, you have to find your medium, right? People, some people are good at writing. Some people are good at audio. Some people are good at video, right? So you are really good in audio for sure. And you're also good in very much in videos, right? So if you, what are you like, if maybe you're not comfortable with writing, because that's the reason you, you let it off. I feel like I'm, I mean, I've had this conversation before with other people. I know that I'm good at my writing style. It's almost as if I'm talking about with you. I'm okay. much, I think that my biggest strength is on the conversational side. I see. Okay. Okay. So 
depending on where I go, my medium, I love my podcast and I'm loving doing this, meeting people like you, so interesting people that I can learn so much with. And I think that this is my biggest strength, but I've, I've talked with my girlfriend trying to do a little bit more video eventually, but I know that the writing is something that I can do. And I know that I don't write that bad. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, whatever you're comfortable with and that is, there should be a, uh, my, the crux is there should be a, a pull than a push. Mm-hmm. So, Make sure that whatever medium you choose, there is a pull, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, I, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, Roshni, it was a great pleasure having you on the Pioneers show. And I really, really hope that you had a great time as well. I loved it. I, I think this is one of the best mornings I had, right? <laughs> ah, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. And thank you so much to Ariana for, you know, soliciting an introduction. She's so lovely. I just want to give her a big shout out as well. <laughs> ah, she she deserves know? the biggest shout out ever. Yes, thank you, Ariana. And thank you, yeah, Rashni, once again. Ariana, I love you. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for plugging into this conversation. I truly hope you love this episode as much as I did. Before we go on and say goodbye, I would like to tell you that in this upcoming weekend in Berlin, there is going to be an event, the Techstar Startup Weekend Food Edition. If you are wanting to be, if you want to become an entrepreneur, if you are curious about how to jump careers, what am I kidding? You are. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this show. Please consider attending to the Techstar Startup Weekend, an event filled with fantastic information, workshops, and talks from leaders in the industry and a chance to test your own ideas. What else can I say? Check the show notes and attend from November 9th to November 11th here in Berlin. This and any other information that you might have missed will probably be linked up in the show notes. If you enjoyed this conversation, consider subscribing to make sure that this podcast grows so you can get some more people and help everyone be the pioneers of their lives and careers. If you have any feedback, please reach out to me on social media. A big thank you to Roshni for the conversation. A big thank you to Ariana for the introduction. And a big thank you to you for being there and listening to this whole conversation. Also, check out Thibaut Flonlin, aka DJ Rodia, for the music of the Pioneers show. So, until next episode, talk to you later. Have a nice time. Bye-bye.